Hello and welcome to the movie podcast after show of The Last of Us HBO series. We're here. The show is on episode two. We're on season one still. We didn't jump ahead to season two for some reason because guess what? It's not out yet. It's not even being made yet. So why are you here? You're here for episode two of season one. Of course, my name is Shabazz. I am one of your survivors. Joining alongside me are some of my other survivors. I've got Anthony. Anthony, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Excited to talk about episode two and getting into the nitty gritty of what we just watched, what we just came from. You started off with an accent, like you had this like twang in your voice. And I was like, oh, are you one of the more like, like I'm a Southern survivor. And then you went back to Anthony so quickly. So, oh, I, I didn't know I was pulling Maybe you're infected. I did, I, you know, you know, we Southerners, I can't do it. I'm just, <laughs> no, I can't do it. <laughs> what was that? <laughs> we Southerner. <laughs> we oh, Southerners, uh, we survive. Oh, and then oh, now I have, yeah. a, I have many, many accents that come out of my mouth. Yeah, and that's, I don't that's, know that's where a they sign come of from. the infection, I believe. That's a sign of the infection. Yeah, it's a sign of a, It's the, a twitch it's, and then you switch accents. Definitely. It's a little, <laughs> little, little part of my brain here. It's a little fungal. Oh, oh, and I speak oh. a different language. <laughs> Anthony's hair, all of his hair right now is all just fungal like oh, cordyceps. Oh god, yeah, just, that's where they're all on his head. They made you know, a wig it, for him. It does kind of look like the the inside, it like does. the fungal cordyceps that comes out of the mouth. It does. It that's does. Rude. Yeah, and speaking, <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I, I just took I'm taking myself back here. I'm like, wow, what we're saying is actually really mean. Like that actually is kind of hurtful. So mean. Yeah, that is yeah. kind of hurtful, and I'm so sorry, Anthony. But that wasn't my fault. That was the other survivor's fault. Daniel, Daniel, how are you doing today? Well, hello there. I am a southerner, and you know what, Shay? We are survivors. Oh. Okay, and we're here. I have a we're bone. To, I have and- a bone to pick with that line, but we'll we'll get to that eventually. Okay, okay sorry. I thought you had a bone to pick with me, and no. Sir- I have no, I have no meat on these bones. You can't pick anything, you know. <laughs> My God, what's going on um, here? We, are, are, what kind of zombies know. are these? This is the thing, Shay. We don't know what really happens to the body. That's true. Once someone is bitten, we know they get turned. Uh, you know, quick question before we get into this episode, because I know we sure. have a lot to cover. If you had to be bitten, okay, where would you want to be bitten? Leg. Leg, eh? Leg. They said on that sign. I think the leg was the slowest, right? The place to get, uh, yeah, infected, uh, the infection, the turning time, rate, like the, the, yeah, exactly, the turning rate. Because you can right. cut off your your limb, right, to to stop the spread of the infection. You would you would think we did see some. So this is the thing, though. We did see some um, survivors in the Federa camp in the quarantine zone in the first episode mm-hmm. who did not have limbs. Yeah. Now I'm curious, was that from like? I know a war are they veterans or were they people who got bit and they cut off their their limb we don't mm. know I'm, I'm curious to see how this would if this virus can be circumvented like that because if i was to get bit in the arm chop that thing off you know give me a hook so like, you I pick don't, arm i, I just want, want to confirm is that what you're saying you would want arm first i like my hands i would i no. but here's the thing i like my hands too but it gave me a chance of survival I think my legs, I'd be better off keeping my legs than keeping my arms. This is going to open up a whole different conversation, nah, but I don't I think, know about that. I, I don't know. I man. think I'd be okay to know. have Anthony, what about you? You're, Dude, like, you're, if you have, if you have no leg, like, are you saying you don't want the legs? Well, yeah, because if I don't have dead. legs. Dude, you're dead. Are you crazy? Well, Do you know how it, fast these I fucking don't know. things run? Do you understand? That's what I'm saying. That's why you're I'd rather rip my arm off. Anthony, no, no, Anthony. Daniel's saying he wants to keep his legs. He doesn't I want to keep arms. my legs. Oh, so he can't use. Yeah. He's dead anyway. He's dead both yeah. ways. <laughs> you, you lose any it's limb okay. like that? 
There's, there's no gone. winning. There's no winning. You're you're okay. Okay. Hang on, sorry. You're unless, dead. There's, there's no unless, winning. Unless your arm turns into like machete or whatever his name is, and they right. become blade arms. You know. Uh-huh. Right, but that's the thing. I I know I'm going to rub my eyes in the middle of the night, and guess what? No more head, Daniel. That's fine. <laughs> oops. Evan, oops. Give a close oops, shave. No head. That's how it yeah. happens. <laughs> episode two. Wow. Episode two. We're talking about episode two, of course, of The Last of Us. This is a phenomenal episode, and I can't wait to dive into it. We're also huge fans of the game. If you haven't played the game and you're curious about it, keep watching this show on HBO. But also, if you get some time, you can also listen to our review of The Last of Us Part 1 on the PlayStation 5. We reviewed it back when the game came out in the fall of 2022. Uh, great place to start if you kind of want to get some more information about how that game works, how I guess you could t- call it really a remake, how that remake of the game looks. Now, that game was, you know, one of the directors of that game was Neil Druckmann. And the director of this episode, episode two, was also Neil Druckmann. Now, Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazin have been writing the series together. They were working on the series for a long time. So this was really cool to see Neil kind of jumping behind the camera again, but this time for something a bit more live action, because I'm, I'm sure when you're directing motion capture, there's a lot that's there that's very similar, but you're not dealing with the environment that is actually taking place in front of you because this show was shot in Calgary. You know, we're from Canada, so that's another big boost for us. Uh, and I of think course, that's just how Calgary looks. That is also, point. yes, absolutely right. Somebody from Calgary, they'll need to correct us. They'll need to let us know well, if this is what actually Calgary looks like. I, I was on vacation in Calgary in, I think, 2021, or in the time they were shooting the show, actually, and it looked the exact same. Like, I, there were people walking around with fungal on their heads. So it was upsetting. What can you do, right? What can we do? What can you that's do? All I had to do was run. Was, I just yeah. said, bite my leg and let me run. You know? <laughs> <laughs> let me get out of here. <laughs> I also want to give a huge shout out to our friends over at Crave and HBO for providing us with this show. We're going to be doing this pretty much every single week that the show is out. When the show is done, we won't have anything to talk about. So you'll be back to the main episodes because this is the movie podcast. We drop an episode every single Monday and we drop interviews and reviews all the time as well. You can follow us at the movie podcast on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and Letterboxd. And you can follow us as well on our own personal accounts. Just check out the show notes down below. Follow us on YouTube. Subscribe to us. Leave us a thumbs up and a comment. We'd love to know what you thought of the episode as well, because I'm sure there's a lot of people here that are a new to the game or just new to the whole series in total. So please let us know what you thought. But let's talk about the show a little bit. Let's, let, let's not waste too much time. Let's get into it because there's a lot to uncover, a lot to unpack from here. You know, we last left off in the game, or sorry, should I say in the show, where we've kind of discovered that Ellie's infected. Okay? They're escaping the quarantine zone. Ellie's infected. They had no idea. And when I talk about them, I'm talking about Tess and Joel, of course. They have no idea what's going on. They're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're transporting pretty much, I I guess you could say almost like a ticking bomb at this point. Like, you know, if you were to look at it in in a human perspective. So that's what's really interesting here. And it kind of ends there. Us who've played the game, we're like, oh, we're we're in for the ride now. I'm I'm so curious. People who watch the show, they were like, what the hell is going on? There's a moment right. I, I was watching one of the um, HBO after the show kind of things about episode one where you're seeing Joel beat up the, the Fedra agent and kind of punching him. And you're looking at Ellie in the background and Craig Mazin, he said that Ellie's at this point activated. You know, at this point, she's starting to see that this person will do anything to protect her. And that's going to really play into this episode. And as we keep going into the rest of the season, and then when we jump to part two, which hopefully won't be too far away or whatever they do. Uh, but I, I want to start with this episode starts off 
also very interesting, kind of like episode one started, where we're not, you know, picking up right where we left off. We're kind of starting off in Thailand. We're starting off in Jakarta. We're kind of seeing the days before everything kind of went to shit. And you're seeing the, the, the I guess, the government agents or police really approaching this woman. She's at the restaurant. She's eating. And she's a, I, I, I can't pronounce the word. It was like a micro something doctor she was she was a professor of mycology or mycology mycology is that it yeah yeah so she's it's a a doctor of fungi fungi yeah so she's a quick correction shay she's uh indonesia not uh thailand oh i'm so sorry that's my that's my apologies sorry to everybody out there yes indonesia jakarta uh, I'm getting my my. I, you know what? I say Jakarta a lot, and I always get it confused. That's why we do. Um, we always say Jakarta. Yeah, we, always <laughs> we always say, say Jakarta. Jakarta. Uh, but so we 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 jump into this this car, and she's driving. She's like, "What's going on?" Like, and you have to wonder. You know, if if you're a a professor of a fungi, like, really, what could the government want with you? So you know, Anthony, I want to kick it to you. How are you feeling about the beginning of this episode? We're starting to see that the government's kind of got an idea as to there's something going on here. There's something really messed up. And then we, we, we get to this lab where we see one of the first few infected. I wouldn't want to say patient zero because clearly there were people before this. But what were your thoughts on, the, on this opening? I enjoyed it. The, the, the world building and kind of like a lot of those questions that are being answered at the same time that from someone who's played the game kind of wondered like, where, where, where did this all start? And so we know that Jakarta is ground zero for this mutation of cordyceps and we get to see that you know it started in a grain factory and i know right now throughout the world in the news that a lot of people have speculated that you know this is how the virus spreads and it's true it is this is how it spreads because she she is the when she's a professor as the professor she's like yeah it's a perfect substrate which is basically a base in which this organism can live on and migrate to other parts of the world so you you have this idea of like how it started. We get to see for the first time the the I guess the dangly stuff that comes out of the mouth, but like being pulled. But you also feel like this is the first time you see it in a way that it's self-aware. So it's it knows almost symbiotic, type, right? Very symbiotic. So you kind of get this vibe that okay, this is not just a mutation of cordyceps. This is like they know or this cordyceps knows. This, this virus knows what it's doing and what it wants to do. It wants to attach itself to the human form. It wants to take over our bodies. It wants to take over and control us. And I think that's as spot, like as, as basic as this virus will be. But yeah, it's, it's pretty scary because she's like, you know, the only thing I can suggest is we need to bomb the city, bomb everything, because we don't know who bit this lady right right now we don't know who bit this lady yeah. and we we don't have her so or have them so what a harrowing start to this episode though like i yeah. know episode one scared the shit out of me when that opening scene on the talk show 1968 you have this mycologist who has you know studied the world and everything and when her first reaction is just like bomb like those are the first words bomb. out of first word out of her mouth boom like just bomb everything and it's like that is so scary to hear that and i think that's that's what's what really set me off this episode too because i'm like what a scary way to start this episode and we're also watching the show obviously in a post-pandemic world 
and you see like the correlations between things and obviously no one has turned into any infected that's going you know going out chasing and biting people yet hopefully but it's 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 wild to see that like this like you you feel a lot of these similarities where it's like you you find out where something's coming from and her first reaction is just bomb and take me home to my family like that's that's heavy stuff man that's heavy it's it's really interesting because you know you you kind of start to see a lot if, you know, when you play the game as well there's so much ruin in this city there's so many you know in, at the ending of the, ep- the first episode buildings are pretty much toppled and collapsed and i guess you could assume like oh this probably happened due to corro- like just natural erosion that can occur with right. uh, um just the, the way the world works but when you start to realize oh no bombs were going off to completely viscerate people like that's when you start to go oh okay there's there's a yeah. lot more to this and, and this episode does a really really fantastic job of that and they, they, t- they talk about how there's no vaccine there's no you know medicine that can cure this you know once we start to figure out that the people that i guess started the biting of people <laughs> really yeah. they, they lost track i mean like how do you keep track of that most of these people that are probably working in these factories are not working with the correct paperwork either. That's just kind of how it works sometimes in these places. And you have people that are just going around and now the virus is starting to spread. And then yeah. I, you, and you, people are missing. People you know? are missing. That's it. Exactly. Yeah. So we, 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 we leave from there and we, we kind of go into now right where we kind of left off, you know, Ellie's waking up, she's in this um, abandoned building. And what I loved about this moment is that in the game, the, the set design and everything looks identical. It looked it the exact same. So, Daniel, I'd love to kind of get your, you know, first reactions really to this this part of uh, of the episode, the opening of you Ellie. Know, what I love so much about this show is that I think this is where we're really starting to see, like, the casting payoff. You know, we have Pedro Pascal and Anna Torf who are playing Joel and Tess, who are so they play off each other so well. They look like they have a history with one another. They look hardened from what has happened in this world. And you could tell that they are survivors, right? So when you have someone like Ellie coming into the picture, it's such a weird mix. You know what I mean? It's such a weird like DNA mix where it's like, okay, you have these, these two they're doing because they want their battery, but you also have Ellie who is a, a, who is a, a smart ass and she'll curse at you. And she very much is like a, an adult in a 14 year old's body. Um, and they're just figuring out what are we going to do with this girl? And you and I believe it when Joel has his gun on her, like Joel will shoot her. Joel, I think, is at that point in his life where it's like, whatever happens here, I'm looking out for myself. I'm looking out for Tess. I will put you down if I have to. And you believe that in Joel. And obviously, you don't want him to because you you want him to go off and you know have the adventures. But you also know that they're they don't like each other right now. And I think there's also that, you know, there's a great moment where you see Joel and Tess eating their like jerky of some sort. And then you see like Ellie just eating this giant chicken sandwich. And it's just like, it just, it's just funny because like they're like, yeah, like look how she's eating. She's eating that way because Marley knows we need to keep her alive. We need to keep her well because she is hopefully going to be the, the savior for everyone. Well, we have Joel and Tess who are have more reason to be upset at her because she's eating well and they're eating literally just like bark off a tree. Like they're eating just like rust, you know, rusty nails or something like that that they found along oh the way. God. You know, hopefully not rusty nails, but like it does not look appetizing at all. Um, but yeah, like you said, Shay, there are moments in this show. And again, this is obviously coming from Neil Druckmann, who is the creator of the series. And you have Craig Mazin, who loves the series. There's such a 
an authenticity to this entire show that everything looks like it is like these cutscenes coming to life, right? And I think when we have Tess and Joel like figuring out what they're going to do, they realize, you know, like, you know what, we need Ellie. We need to kind of go on our way with her. Um, and uh, there's another great line in this in this scene too, where uh, you know Ellie, as they're leaving this kind of abandoned area that they're in before they get to the to the hotel or to the museum, uh, we have like uh, Ellie asking for a gun as well too. And then they're like, no. And she's like, what am I supposed to do? Throw my sandwich at them? Like, it's just like, there's like little moments like that. And Ellie just loves getting the last word in. You know what I mean? And it's just like, uh, like, uh, she's always got a witty comeback, you know? She always has a witty comeback. You know, when she's leaving this room, it's like, oh, is there anything when she's going to the washroom? Is there anything else in this room that he, that's dangerous? And Joel's like, only you. And she's <laughs> like, ha ha. You know, like, it's, it just, they, you already see like these breadcrumbs that they're going to start building and having a relationship right. with one another um and i think that again it's just a testament to the incredible acting on the show um that what we've seen so far and yeah phenomenal i'm loving i'm loving everything up to this moment so far you had a moment though shay you said you had some gripes i i did uh, but it, it is a little bit later and it's, it's not even really okay. a gripe it, it's more like the the game fan in me wanted right. a certain thing but i got you sorry is, i apologize i'll take the word gripe out you you had a, a i guess a uh, I guess a little uh, a fan moment that, that I wanted, but also you yeah. know we're very understanding. But what I what I love about you know in the game, one of the things that was really um, a, a point that always kind of came up was you know Ellie doesn't know how to swim, and in yeah. the game you'd have to kind of look for some sort of uh, uh, like a pallet or something or a plank, yeah. and you you'd bring it over and carry her. What I loved about that is that little wink and the nod that this show does immediately to you is they get to this hotel. It looks like it's submerged in like 60 feet of water. And Ellie's like, well, I don't know how to swim. And immediately as a fan of the game, you're like, oh my God, Joel's going to go get her something. But then he just it, takes R3 to look for the, the <laughs> yeah. box for to float on. And then yeah. he just immediately takes a step in the water and, and the water is like maybe like two feet deep or less. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's funny. Like, you know, like, like that, yeah. you don't want to spend 12 minutes of this episode of him finding a palette. And then you start right. to kind of just develop more about knowing more about what the infected are like. And Anthony, I'd love for you to jump in and, and tell us more about kind of what we discover about how the infected in this world work, because we start to see that there's almost this, I guess, DNA of the earth, the world, kind of like how, you know, fungal is or, or mushrooms and all fungal things are made. They have a deeply rooted connection to the earth, which really carries itself over to these infected. And I'd love for you to speak on that. Yeah, so that's something that's new to to the series and to the game is, you know, they can actually, you know, fungal grows into the into the ground and you know, it can actually alert other infected. So, I would say it's called the the Cordyceps alert system, the CAS. <laughs> <laughs> They've got badges too, I believe. They're just wearing them yeah. right on their on their on their arms. So, yeah, like that's that's pretty cool. Like it's it's an interesting take on how a Cordyceps could be alerted a half a mile away of where you are and that's how they find you which is unique and creative and and um it's it works actually because it, it makes sense because yeah, they definitely. are now that we know that they have all these stringies in them why wouldn't they implement it into the ground and stringies. somehow like alert others um another right. cool and you scene, discovered something really cool too right you yeah another cool really scene cool that, last I, episode. that i noticed is there's a scene where ellie kind of looks over uh, a ledge and she sees a bunch of infected and if you carefully look, there's the sun is actually being blocked by the clouds. So there's a bunch of infected on the ground and the clouds are kind of like overshadowing them. 
And then as the cloud moves away, the sun is shown. And when the sun hits these infected, they start to kind of like move out of the way or they're in pain or they're, they're, they start to move around much faster. And it's because they're fungals, like fungi love to live in darkness. That's how they grow. They grow in darkness. So when the sun hits them, they're actually almost like vampires where they're in pain because the sun doesn't really do anything. They don't need photosynthesis to grow. They just need darkness to grow. And yeah. it was just a little detail that was added that I didn't notice until like the fourth watch because I kept watching. I'm like, why are they moving so fast? And then you can clearly see like the shadow being like moving off of them and then the sun hitting them. And as it moves, the sun starts to hit others and, and the cloud covers the other, other cordyceps. And it's just like, oh, that's, that's so funny. It's like how they yeah. move in this wave. They're all connected, right? They're, They're so in connected. this wave of like, they're so connected. And it's like that line in The Departed, right? It's like with the, you know, they're like mushrooms. Feed them shit and keep them in the dark. Like, that's, that's how that's I know. That's, they want to live. That's, that's, that's how they want to live. That's, that's how I learned about mushrooms. I'm like, oh, The Departed. I quoted that in school. And they were like, <laughs> you can't say that, Shabazz. You can't use that kind of language. No, um, don't use that language. <laughs> but what I loved as well, you know, kind of like you're, you're diving deeper into their, into this, this world is, is, is that world building. That the game, either maybe they didn't think of that at that time. And they kept it very straightforward. But what the show has allowed us to do is expand on a lot of fundamental things about the about the series, while not worrying so much about the nitty gritty things that that maybe don't really need to be translated over into a TV show. I love that when the roots are dry and pretty much dead, that means that the area that they're in doesn't really have any infected. You know? Yeah. Yeah, and then we pretty much are now starting to kind of go along with Tass and Ellie, and we're 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 going all the way through. We're learning more and more about uh, what kind of infected are in this world. Ellie is asking a lot of great questions, like, "Oh, I heard there's some that like are like bats," and now we're kind of getting that first hint towards the clicker. And Anthony, one of the oh things I think God. you shared with us uh, also as well, you seem to be our Easter egg hunter. I think at this point. As, as the Last of Us series kind of continues, a hunter, you know, <laughs> you're you're a mushroom hunter. You're you're a mushroom gatherer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. You sent us this little clip from Twitter that I guess someone else had posted uh, about how at the end of the first episode, you kind of see a clicker on a building just screaming and doing its. I, uh, it always gives me the ick when you ever see them move and like flail their arms around. Yeah. That's Daniel's doing right now. That's gonna be that's gonna be a gif right there. Like oh, I, I don't hate, know about that one. The, that's their sounds. We're like, <laughs> so yeah, we're, that's, that's a gif right there. I'm sorry. That's a gif, at yeah, Daniel. Please. We're making that. We'll make it. We'll make it. But yeah, that's how they move at you. Yeah. I hate. I hate clickers so much. Man. Oh my clickers. god. No, what do you hate more though? Clickers or stalkers? <sighs> clickers. Listen, I, I stalkers scare stalkers me. Stalkers are easy to when kill. When a clicker. But when a clicker gets you, man, and like the the cutscene oh. goes, and the, the it's the sounds they make that the yeah. sound that I was just making into the microphone. I'm so sorry, listener or watcher, <laughs> that you have to see me that. But you got to see my dance if you're watching this on YouTube. <laughs> it's a clicker um, dance. Yeah, it's, so a, it's a monster dance. mash, no, it's, but it's the clicker dance. Yeah, it's it's just it's just it's so just like oh, it's so upsetting to see and <sighs> seeing that in live action, terrifying, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clickers in this episode where we're introduced to clickers and as you know, they can't see and, but they can really hear. So, you know, you can really see it in Ellie's face. She's, she's, she's for the first time in her life, she's out of the QZ. She's experiencing everything that's happening. And she's now introduced to a new type of infected or she even said to herself, who did this? There's no way like the one who attacked me didn't even 
do this to the person that I was with or, or when, I was, when I was attacked and got infected. So when I saw, when you see this clicker for the first time, it's scary. It's really scary because they're so in tune to their surroundings and you literally see the fear on Ellie's face. Like she's just trying to understand and basically gather all this stuff that she's about to experience as well as try to not make a sound and that gasp and it turns and you see the face and it's, it yells and yeah. then Joel has to like attack it and, and, and they have this huge struggle and this big shootout. It's very similar to the game. There is this sequence in the game that is in the museum and there are these clickers and they're relentless. They come at you. They, I guess my watch thought I was saying something. Um, <laughs> it's a clicker. Your watch is a clicker. Listen, if we had, if we had, if we had smart watches in the apocalypse, oh, we're done. And dead. Clickers were around us. You know, they'd be gone. They, Dude, they'd activate dead. somehow. Right when your gone. Siri went off, I would have heard like it would have been like that right away. <laughs> yeah, and I would start to dance again. It's you know? their movement. It's their mannerisms. Yeah. And that's so scene, disjointed, you know, like they're like double jointed in every and every and they turn their, their body, neck like, in a certain way. They're they're kind of like breakdancing at the same time. Yeah, uh, but yes. no, that whole that whole sequence was terrifying. Like watching it in like live action and feeling the fear and seeing the fear just puts it on a whole another level. Because when you play the game, yeah. you're you're behind them. You're you're kind of moving, but you actually have different camera angles now. You feel the fear that's you that you see in this sequence which is you know pretty well done yeah, yeah it's 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 absolutely terrifying and in in this in the show we're only seeing this moment one clicker and imagine in the game there's like usually two or three they're all hanging out they're having a clicker party and the next thing you know you make a sound or you make a move and then they start attacking i love and i want to talk about this really quickly i love the practical effects that they've gone with the prosthetics yeah i'm not sure who the prosthetics designer was uh, maybe it was Mike Marino. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know if it was, but it, it's phenomenal. You you can see they made it look very natural. You know, the, the clickers, they have that 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 almost open mushroom fungal kind of look that almost looks like an antenna or like a dish to capture those sound waves, to capture that sonar kind of a of a vibe here. And I think, man, they, they nailed it. Um, I'm looking at the picture of the clicker right now on my screen. And yes. uh, they've got some they've got some fucked up teeth, I won't lie. And some really bad yeah. teeth. Barry um, Gower. Barry Gower, you know? Pros- prosthetics designer who worked on Game of Thrones, Stranger Things, Chernobyl, The Witcher, House of the Dragon, and more. Yeah, man. Thanks so much. Uh, thanks so much, Thanks Barry, for the new for nightmares, nightmares, you know? Thank you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> and this is a great moment because we start to feel the tension. We start to see that when you're playing the game, you feel this level of invincibility. Not only because you are maneuvering the characters, but you know that if you die in this game, you'll just come back to life and start playing yeah, it's again. It's not permadeath mode. We don't it's play not, permadeath. It's mode. not permadeath mm-hmm. mode, exactly. Whereas in this show, you really feel that that it is a life or death moment. The stakes are a lot higher because they can't just die in the show or the show ends. Yeah. And there's a finality to it. There's a finality to it, exactly. And then, you know, a big scuffle happens. You can see that the the clicker is trying to get after them. There's almost you could say a situation that occurs with Tess and the clicker and a few of the other uh, zombies that kind of come out of this. And we start to kind of now go towards where they're supposed to just drop off Ellie. They're supposed to be the fireflies there. We get to this area and they're kind of surprised that it's so quiet. Usually not a great sign. We open the door, we look inside and immediately what do we see? Pretty much just everyone dead. Daniel, I'd love to get your 
take on what this scene was like for you? Um, I think, you know, as a fan of the game, and obviously we're not doing kind of future spoilers for like what we know happens in the game. We'll keep the spoilers to the episode itself, but um, knowing what we knew going into the scene, you're just waiting to be like, okay, like this is, we're going to something that, you know, things are about to shift here because this is the mission that we set on together. You know, Tessa saying, you know, this is, this is my last stop. I'm, I'm, we're seeing this through. This is real. And then you're wondering like, oh shoot, like why is she like, why is she all of a sudden team Ellie? Why is she focusing and, you know, and pushing for like this mission now? Why is she a big believer in the Firefly mission? And it's like, well, Ellie realizes it. She's been bit. And when she like, you know, she reveals the, 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 the bite. I got scared for a second. I'm like, what if I had a bite? What? Yeah. I was looking over you there. Know? It looks like you kind of have one, man. No, I think it's just hair. <laughs> I think it's just hair. Um, but I was just like, oh man, like she, like she's been bit and there's no coming back from, it, especially where she's bit, you know, she's bit like, you can't cut that off. You know, like you're, it's, it's like, it's like your neck and, you know, shoulder area. So you're, you're pretty much a goner. Um, and you know, they have to, Joel, I think Pedro Pascal's acting again. It's that moment where like Joel's first reaction is just like, show me like he, he, he can't believe it. He doesn't want to believe it. She shows it. This is real. She goes to Ellie and I think Ellie gets bit again. Does she not? And that's, yeah, she that's does. what I really want to quickly touch on. She that's gets a different bit on the thing arm. Too. That's very different. Yeah. She gets in the same area where she got bit initially in the same spot. Yeah. And she's showing the comparison between how much, uh, Tessa's infection has progressed versus Ellie's. And she's like, no, like this is real. This is this like pointing at Ellie's arm. Like this is real. You need to do this. Promise me you're going to do this. And it's like, oh my god like like this show deals with so much loss and i think playing the game because we have those moments of gameplay it's you don't feel the heaviness as much sometimes but when you're dealing with it in a show it's like man like you're just getting loss and loss and loss and death and and heaviness like there's so much just deep sadness to this world right and joel and ellie could do what they can they have to go they continue their mission and tess is like i want to make sure they don't follow you right and just and being in this moment being in the scene it's heavy you know tess knows what she has to do but it doesn't make it any easier to watch no absolutely not and you know th this is kind of where i had my fan moment that i really wanted because of my favorite lines from the game is when joel kind of turns around and Tess is talking about, you know, we're, we're shitty people, Joel. You know, it's been that way for a long time. And, and Joel just turns like, no, we are survivors, Tess. And I, and I love the delivery that Troy Baker gives uh, in the game for that. And I really wanted that line in this show because I feel like it really encompasses what Joel's character is, you know, and what his mission has been uh, up until this moment. Uh, we didn't get that line, but that's okay. It's not, a, it's not a big deal because what proceeds at this moment is we start to see how far Tess is going to go really to keep this mission moving forward. And I always found this scene very interesting because it, it can feel a little awkward at first. You know, you, you see Tess just kind of there. She's, she's, she's gearing up. There's a lot of explosives around. Uh, Joel and Ellie are, are kind of escaping at this point. And you hear the, cause one of the zombie, one of the, sorry, the infected come alive. And once Joel shoots him, it sends that ripple. It sends that wave right, right through the ground to the nearby zombies, or to the nearby infected, sorry, that we saw. And they all start to kind of run after. And Tess is to stand there. She's trying to light her lighter. She's trying to get that Zippo activated. And one of the infected just kind of sees her, walks over, and kind of gives her this kiss of death. It's just these 
the little fungal cordyceps come out. They start, and you just hear Tess just, and what Daniel's doing right now on the screen, he's kissing himself with a little fungal. Daniel, you sent me a great picture the other day with, I think, just angel hair spaghetti coming out of your mouth, which pretty yeah. much encapsulated what happens. Uh, in the scene. <laughs> yeah, yeah, 100%. Which and is a little different from the game, too, right? Very because different in the, from the games, game. we have so, like soldiers, like Fedra soldiers. It's a Fedra soldier coming. Yeah. Right. And then in, in the in the show, it's just a it's a swarm of infected that comes. So again, very we have similar pathways, mm-hmm. but they're gonna kind of cross and diverge at different moments. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the show, which I think within the show this still works very much. Absolutely. Very I mean because right? I, I think, you know, at this point in this show, you don't need to keep bringing up Fedra. You don't need to keep showing Fedra because they're not gonna be moving the plot along. They need to move the gameplay along, so it's necessary to right. have them there. But in the show, we've kind of established what their purpose is, what they need to do, and we can kind of move past it. And Tess gets the kiss of death, and next thing you know, boom, it explodes. And I love the music that comes in here. Gustavo Santaro, this is a phenomenal job, as as he did in the game as well. It just, you feel it, it's heavy. Ellie's not looking, she's looking ahead. The buildings exploded behind them, and they just got to keep going. And now Ellie just lost somebody that, well... I guess you could say died to protect her. Right. Yeah. Very good episode. You know, it pretty much ends right there. Uh, and, you know, we can't wait to talk more about the rest of the show. But any, I just want to kind of get you, your guys' overall reaction to how this episode went. Daniel, we'll start with you. What did you think of episode two of The Last of Us HBO series? You know, episode two really takes things forward it pushes this is the first real i think episode of the show where it's like okay you know what we've introduced everything you need to know about the plot this is where the story begins and this episode begins one way you think this episode is going to go one way and by the end of this episode you're like okay these are the two characters that are going to be leading this journey we are off on our adventure now and we got to see where it goes from here but this is really you know, HBO could have easily done both of these episodes together. I'm glad they didn't because after watching this episode and rewatching the, 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 the first episode of the season, um, you, you gain so much insight from, from this episode going back to episode one. So this is one of those shows that I'm excited to watch. Like, like once the next episode comes out, kind of go back and watch everything and, and see all that. Um, like everything as we've been watching the shows have, have, have connected so nicely. So I'm just, it's, it's a really testament to some incredible, incredible writing on the show. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Anthony, I'd love to get your overall reaction to the episode too. I really, I really enjoyed it. It was so well written and the pacing of the episode, because there's a lot that's being told. There's a lot of world building. We start off in the beginning and then we kind of go through this, this world. We get these clickers, we get all these new things that are added and you end off with this shocker that, you know, Tess is not going to be joining the team. She's infected and boom. Now it's just Ellie and Joel and we, we kind of go from there. And that's, this is where the, the, the adventure begins. And I just want to go back to Tess's, that, that kiss, the kiss of death. I think the underlining message from what I've been understanding from the creators is love is, an, uh, is that underlining message for the show. And I don't, like, how weird could it be that maybe these cordyceps feel love with one another? And I know that sounds weird, but like, this is the first time I've ever seen a kiss like that in, in this type of world. And would it be, would it be wrong to say that they 
knew who she was and they knew she was infected and that she was joining the team somehow. And a kiss yeah. is just a way of just marking that. I know that sounds weird. No, of a it, no, it sounds like initiation. I feel like it sounds like that symbioteness yeah. of this virus yeah. is it very is like a symbiote for it, sure. And it feels like okay, there is love between them, even though you know <laughs> they're they're mutating human beings yeah. and and love and control. survival. I think, it, and it's this them, right? love world and survival. that now we we are experiencing. So it's a little bit of an interesting take on these cordyceps. They're more complicated than just being oh we're infected and we bite things. There is some sort of base of love in them as well. But yeah. well done. Very, very good se- uh, second episode. Yeah, yeah I, I'm right there with you guys. I think this, this episode did a phenomenal job of pushing it forward. It gives us our first major death, you know, obviously beyond Sarah in, in the first episode. This is where you think, oh God, Tess is going to be hearing us through the end of the show. We're going to be seeing the Tess and Joel adventures with Ellie. And, uh, you know, Anna Torv, phenomenal job that she did. She encapsulated Tess so well. Um, I don't think anyone could have done it any better. And, you know, I, I loved it. I love this episode so much. Uh, of course, we're going to be going into the third episode. We already kind of know that um, Tess wanted Joel and Ellie to, to meet up with to Bill and Frank and, 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 and see them and see if they can kind of carry this mission forward. So episode three, we're going to be diving deep into that as well because we want to know more about this world if you're enjoying the last of us on hbo let us know what you think about this episode we'd love to hear from you if you've played the game give us your perception that way and if you haven't played the game let us know what you thought as well again huge shout out to our friends over at crave and hbo for providing us these episodes early as well so that we can be right on time once the show ends to give you our thoughts, our breakdowns of everything you can follow us at the movie podcast on instagram twitter tiktok and letterboxd and uh, make sure you're subscribed to us on YouTube. Give us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. That was This Time with the Movie Podcast, and we'll see you next. Mm-hmm.